happened in the 90s. Okay, folks, what'll it be? What would you like, sweetheart? A Pepsi, please. Sorry, we only have Coke. Now nah, you've done it. You're sorry? Not half as sorry as you're gonna be. I ordered a Pepsi, pal. She's got a mind of her own. What's with this guy? Look, I just thought... You thought? What you really thought was that I don't know the difference between Pepsi and a Coke, right? Here's your Pepsi. Thank you. Mmm. Kids say the darndest things. What are you looking at? I like this place. Okay, so we've gotten that. I mean, we've gotten the preliminaries out of the way, Steve. So, like I said, this is a doozy of an episode. I, I got to say, we're covering some things that are pretty classic 90s. Classic 90s shit, man. And uh, I'm going to let you intro it, but let's go with The Simpsons first, just because it happened chronologically. But just give us a little background on this first episode that we're going to talk about, because I think it's a juicy one, so... In 1990, oh, she likes some juicy. 1990, uh, this is the first official like Simpsons episode. I mean, they they had the Christmas episode, and that was kind of like a special kind of deal. But this is like the full with the with the intro and you know the things that we've grown to love. It's it's a part of the the Simpsons universe. Uh, this is numero uno in my opinion. I mean, uh, it's listed but, as episode two if you look it up, but this is like right. the first real episode of The Simpsons, which is insane because it's still going on. It's it's going to go on forever, bro. And they have so many episodes. I'm like, dude, how can you come up with these concepts? Uh, but yeah, man, this is called Bart the Genius. And this kind of sets the landscape for the whole series. And there are two things in this intro that I want to mention. Uh, two things that are, are constant staples in the Sims intro. And the original uh, Bart writing on the chalkboard, the original thing that he's saying is, I will not waste chalk. Fun fact for my Simpson people out there. Oh, it's the shit. very first. I didn't even notice that. And, and, and the second part was, uh, you know, of course, when they go into the living room, everybody gets on the couch and different shit happens. On this one, they all sit on the couch at the same time and Bart pops off of the sofa at the end. And I, I try to dissect that into Bart was the first superstar of this show. You know, he was a pop culture phenomenon. He was on the t-shirts, there were dolls. He was in the Butterfingers commercials. He, he was the method man of this Wu-Tang Clan. And Damn, he was my favorite. Good. You know what I mean? He was like, this is the first guy we're going to market out of this brand. And he was my favorite at that time because I was, what, seven at the time. And, or I was about to be seven in 1990. And for me, they they change. It, you, it was him, but then there was a time when Homer was my guy. Yep. But now, and I, and I feel like this is permanent. My favorite is Lisa. I think I identify the most with like the Lisa character, but in terms of my favorite, just like entertainment wise, 
my favorite character is um, just Homer, just because of, you know, it's like Randy Marsh in South Park. It, they, they're not the main character, but it's like every time that they're really heavy in an episode, it's fucking yes. hilarious. So He's the people's champ. Exactly. And uh, like with, with Lisa, man, uh, the elements have been in front of me for years and it just took me being an adult like, Dude, she's actually the most intelligent in the whole like Simpsons universe. She plays the saxophone, which is pretty badass. And she's just a she's very intelligence is cool. Yeah, and I mean, it, she was like, you didn't feel cool at that time. Like I remember watching, I remember believe me, this show, that's why I was so happy we were gonna talk about The Simpsons, because for me, this show was huge. You know, it informed a lot of my com like just like comedy taste it was a huge part of our lives just in terms of pop culture because there were so few channels at the time like this is 1990 yeah. guys this was not you could have a satellite dish and have a few extra channels or get a cable box and have some extra channels but as far as like animated shows um and channels this was in the this was playing in everyone's living room if you were allowed like some of my friends weren't allowed to watch this yeah. show because it was so groundbreaking uh some parents were like this you know it was more for adults but it was a cartoon yeah. so this was always playing when we got home from school there would be reruns by the time we were like 10 they had already syndicated this fucking thing and you would watch it like yeah. in the afternoons too so like i remember this specific episode because it played so much not only and it's crazy because this is literally i never realized it when i watched it before but this is the first real episodes in the simpsons so i think it's just weird to think about the longevity and like you said there's been so much time that's passed and all these like ebbs and flows of the show's popularity and if you look at more yeah. specifically like the characters in the show that are popular you're totally right like when it was first marketed in the 90s like early 90s i think they used bart as like this it was a sort of a adult kid mix show so adults were going to watch it because it was on fox at like eight but yeah. they wanted kids to watch it so bart was like eat my shorts dude he, you know he was like the cool uh badass kid and stuff so i had shirts with eat my shorts pizza hut would sell shit with like bart on it that you could get McDonald's, like whatever company was marketing simpsons it was all bart you know there wasn't a lot of anyone else and um did we did we give the description of what the episode was about bart the genius uh it is about Bart cheating on a test and they basically put him in this uh, Mensa startup group st uh, kind of school and he falls flat on his face. Hilarity yeah. ensues. Uh, yeah. But like what I was going to say now that we know what it's about. So yeah, he cheats on a test off of what is his name? Milton? The nerdy kid? Milton, and yeah. He just didn't want to take the aptitude test. So he switches his test for Milton's um, right off grip, a note I gotta say is fuck the snitch Milton first and foremost, because this kid goes out of his way just to snitch whenever possible. Just he just yeah. there. Bart's doing graffiti on the wall about Skinner, Milton snitching. You know I, I don't get that. So I guess Nitches in some way, bitches. yeah. So but he gets kind of played in this episode, and we'll kind of get to that. So whatever. 
Milne's a genius. Bart steals his test. He switches the name. So he is put in this weird genius school where there's no class. It's just an open room and you can experiment. And, you know, it's like one of these freeform places. Like, uh, forget what those are called. What are they called? There's like a specific name for the school. But anyway, he's not a genius. So he's just trying to lie his way through it. And that's funny enough, but also on top of it, Homer is actually bonding with him because he thinks his son's a genius and they're having all this good times together. Um, So through that part of the episode, what I noticed was A, again, Bart's the main character at this point. They tried to like, that's him. Marge has no personality in this episode. She's like just being stepped over the whole time. Bart's like, she's doing all these things like buying tickets to operas and uh, European movies, but all her lines are like, okay. She's just like the doting housewife in this episode, you know, which I found really weird because she's like, her character changed so much. Well, she wants to experience the good life with her family or, or at least give them snippets of, of different possibilities in this world. But they're so stuck in, in their own worlds and they're, they're not ready for that. They can't appreciate the finer things in life. Uh, yeah, so I mean, they're white trash, basically, is what it is. Like, they're, they got a ticket to go to the uh, yacht club but they're white trash. So when they go to the yacht club, they're like, this is stupid. Let's go get McDonald's. That's basically what it is, which I get. Have you ever gone to an opera, Steve? I have never. No. Uh, I I can appreciate good art and things of that nature. Uh, I, I, I think I could appreciate, I have appreciated some musicals. And I just don't know about opera, though. I don't know if I'm quite that old or that intelligent enough in that field to appreciate that kind of thing. It just seems real bland. I think I'd rather watch grass grow, paint dry. And that's probably, yeah, man, it's probably a hard no for me forever. Well, I'm going to share a quick personal story just to give you and I, like, because I sympathize with the, because when they go to, they go to an opera, right? And Bart's supposed to be this genius and appreciating all this new intelligence, intelligentsia type things that they're um, giving to him. And but he can't help but watch an opera and point out the things that I would like, oh, look at this dude, look how ridiculous he looks. Or where's the fat lady or making like fart noises in the middle of it. So, yeah. okay, so there that's the Simpsons, right? Well, not even that long ago, uh, me and my wife thought we were cultured people and we said to ourselves you know what we love the show Frasier and people can criticize me and I'll take it because I get it but we do like that show and we like Kelsey Grammer he's the star of the show right so, so is Frasier the opera of sitcoms it I mean it's the yeah I mean I guess I guess we're going like that yeah Frasier is the opera of sitcoms but anyway because we liked <laughs> Frazier, we said, you know okay. what? Kelsey Grammer's, he's being like the star of this opera that is going on in LA. And we were like, you know what? We're going to be cultured people. 
I had just like gotten better from cancer. I was like, maybe I'm a new guy. Like maybe I can do this. Like maybe this is gonna be it. So we go to go see this. It was called Candide. And I, Steve, I wish I remembered all like what this was about, but we get to like this big opera house in downtown Los Angeles. We show up, we're dressed up. We're dressed to our nines and whatever fucking like express for men's suit jacket I had at the time, whatever <laughs> like $30 suit jacket I had. My wife looks fantastic. I look as good as I possibly can. And we show up and there's people dressed like, to, you know, in gowns, old people, these old motherfucking people, like all these people that I immediately am like, this might not be the night that I discover opera. Maybe this isn't the one. So we go, we sit down and immediately this opera is in uh, French. It's going all over the place. And um, there's no um, CC, you don't get any closed captioning with like what they're saying, like the translation when you're just watching opera. So me and my wife are sitting there like idiots and everyone's like laughing at these jokes that are being told in French. We don't get them. So I'm like, oh, this, I get great. We see Frazier do his thing, he acts. And then they have an intermission in operas. So we had been there for an hour and a half watching this insane fucking shit that I honestly was laughing at how absurd it was that I was even there. I felt out of place. I understood nothing other than I was seeing Frazier do opera in front of me. That's you, it. You got to see Frazier Crane. <clears throat> Frazier Crane in his element, in opera, doing an opera that he talked about in the show Frazier. So that's wow. like the chess of a Frazier fan. So this is how trash me and my wife are. We, they <laughs> inter, you get out of intermission, right? So yes. we didn't understand opera at this point. I was like, well, this has been an hour and a half. Clearly that was it. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so we start to leave and somebody's like, hey, are you guys leaving? Uh, the intermission's about to be done. And then like, we're gonna go back in and whatever. And me and my wife look at each other and I was like, do we need to do this? Are we gonna go, are we gonna keep doing this? And we just like walked away and just got a new- We separate enough. <laughs> like, so as far as Bart's behavior in this opera, I understand and sympathize. So for that part of the episode, I totally got it. But I did find it weird, like how all these, you know, we said over the course of the show, like, even the characters themselves, the looks definitely change. The look is very almost surreal when you see what the Simpsons look like now. Dude, when they talk, they would move. Hey, Bart. Yeah. And squiggle just, and shit. It's just a weird product of the animation, but it just like the look, it's very strange and like surreal to somebody that's watched this show. And also like Bart really hasn't changed. Lisa really, I mean, if you're just watching this episode, it's hard to really go off of, but she basically seemed to have like at least the same type of attitude, but like Marge changed and Homer, it's like they dumbed him down as the show kept going, you know, like he almost was like a regular-ish dude in this. In a, in a way, uh, he, he didn't I feel know like the word oxidize when, when they played Scrabble in the beginning. 
Yeah, he didn't. He I didn't mean, know they that he was dumb, but he was like having heartfelt conversation. Like, it was just like the way he talked seemed more intelligent. It was more TV dad. Used. Yeah. It, it, it was your standard TV dad because they had a bonding moment when he thought uh, Bart was a genius and he's like, I love you, kid. And then he, he even gave his son a smooch and uh, it, was, it was heartwarming. Yeah. It was I mean, Bart saying, I love you, dad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did say that. This is also the same episode. This is the first episode where he says, eat my shorts. It's a very uh, groundbreaking event here because that was a pop culture thing. A lot of people was were saying this. It's kind of like suck it back in the day when people would do that. Eat my shorts. That, that I had a doll that had like a pull string that when you pulled it, it was Bart. It was a Bart doll. And when you pulled the string, he said, eat my shorts. So, I mean, they were, that was every, the shirts, pants, masks, lunch pails, whatever. It was Bart saying that phrase in like a little circle, basically, you know, like a Looney Tunes type thing. That's what I remember from all my shit, at least. And when he's in the smart class, they're going around the class saying, hey, use an example of a paradox statement. And all of these kids are saying these groundbreaking, just Ivy League level things. And when it comes to Bart, he says, damn if you do, damn if you don't. And now given it's real basic compared to what the other kids said, but if you think about it, it is a paradox. It's like, and that goes to the genius of Matt Groening and his cast and his crew um, to put that kind of stuff together. Because as an adult, I totally could look at that like it is actually a paradox. Yeah. Uh, but in, but in comparison to what those kids say, he's an idiot. Uh, but as a kid, I think that statement would have went over my head because I didn't know what the fuck a paradox was at seven. I mean, I I just like understood that. I think as a kid, I understood what he was saying was like way less classy than what the kids were saying. You know, like you said, they yeah. have all these like Ivy League retorts and he's he basically gives the definition of a paradox in as much the most yeah. lay person way you could, which to me is beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. That's genius how they did that, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, but- I would love to like just look at who was writing for these shows, because I mean, when you go back, especially for people that are celebrities from the 90s. I mean, Conan O'Brien, how many comedy legends other than just like Matt Groening and his usual team were just went through this, um, you know, factory of comedy that the Simpsons has been for over. I mean, what has it been now? Three decades, four decades, about as old as us, man. We were kids when that shit started. I mean, if you're talking about that Tracy Ullman show, I mean, it really is almost as old as us. If you count yeah. like that, those real early like clips that they used to do for that show. Because that was what, 87, 88? I mean, pro- I mean, and when did they conceive it? I mean, it's got to be, we're really a couple years younger than The Simpsons, which is insane because I'm old as yeah. shit. So. We're old as shit. We are. Face it. Just face it, dude. That we are, my friend, that we are. But what else stood out to you about this episode? Like, as far as maybe just like differences and I guess anything, like what stood out to you really when you were watching this? Millhouse had black hair. 
Yeah. <laughs> you caught that? Like, yeah. I don't know when they added the blue, made him a blue head dude. But in this one, he was black. And it, it made him kind of look like Bizarro World Millhouse. Like, oh, shit. I yeah. forgot that was the thing. That was like the clone like, that got out. There, you're like, wait, what the fuck was that? You know? Also, I Millhouse. just love that I having being smart was literally... You got bullied. He was like, wait, you're smart? Get out of here, egghead. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. You know how to spell? Get out of here, dweeb. You know what a paradox is? Beat this kid's ass. Don't tell nobody I know how to read. I mean, it's like slavery all over again. And even the smart kids. I mean, Bart's getting bullied out the ass in this episode. His old buddies hate him because he went to the, he moved on up to the, to Yale. And then his Yale buddies, they won't even give him the time of day. They're fucking taking his sack lunch and shit, giving him droplets of milk. It's like, damn. But dude, that, sh- that shows you what kind of friends Bart has, man. Your real friends are supposed to want to see you grow. And the fact that they hated him for moving on up, man, they ain't shit, man. That, yeah, that's man. my take. That was my take on that. Like, Millhouse, like, you should be applauding my success, man. You should want to see me do well. You should want to see me win. Man, are you really down? You ain't got no real ones, man. I mean, and also, uh, Milton, I got to say two things about Milton. I've already gone in on him for being a snitch and just being, I get it. If somebody's doing some crazy shit, obviously, you got to involve somebody. But if it's just like what Bart was doing, come on, man. It's not harming you. What are you, Skinner's son or some shit? Stop with that. So I don't care for that. I don't care for his overall smarmy bullshittiness that he shows in this episode, which I will say that character does not change. Like they locked in on Milton right away. And I don't remember him really ever changing from being a smarmy nerd. Um, Yeah. But in the end, I feel like karma really hit him Um, Because here's two things you don't realize in this episode. So Milton was robbed um, of the right to go to this Ivy League elementary school, right? Because he is a genius according to whatever test it was. So Bart took that opportunity, fucked it up. But at no point is there a mention of Milton being able to do, like, he doesn't get to go. So he snitched made bart do all this shit and then in the end all that did was make him just have to stay with the dummies at springfield elementary because he doesn't get to go there weren't decades of miltonless episodes when he was at the ivy league elementary school while everyone else was slumming it in springfield you know learning how to i don't know like count marbles i don't know what level of education they got over there but it seems kind of slim you know? It's easy to be the big fish in that small pond. Edna Krabappel ain't teaching physics, you know? Mm-hmm. She's out there. She's thirsty. She's on the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and then other than that, like, to me, I just got to say, how much is Homer making as a whatever he does at the nuclear power plant? Because right away, they agree to send Bart to this Ivy League school, I'm sure it costs a lot of money. Marge starts buying family tickets to the opera, which God knows how much that costs, because from the looks of the opera house, it looked very expensive. 
What do you mean? They they make good money at plants. I agree, like, but I mean, Homer is borderline mentally handicapped to use. You don't need to know much, and no offense to like most of the people who work at plants, but you just really have to pass a piss test. The man just drinks beer. And uh, he even, hasn't smoked pot since high school. So, like, oh, can you count the two? Can you pass this piss test? All right, when can you start? And really, when you say pass this piss test, it's really just can you pass this one piss test? And it's not really do you do drugs because, you know, any scumbag can tell you. You can pass the piss test and you can still smoke meth. And that, my experience, everyone I ever worked with at a factory, there was about... 60 to 70 percent meth use at that at any place i worked at so you know if Dude, you get a pizza box with a meth rock that was in it for some reason that might be why because the factory that made the box the guy making the box was smoking a little meth so and, and plus that shit is out of your system i i don't know this by experience but i do research <laughs> on but when you crack a crack in meth it's out of your system in no time compared to weed so I know quite a few people in my hometown who do both and they have worked at this plant that pays well. It, it requires minimal knowledge and it's basically just can you stand for a certain amount of time and push this button every now and then. And they have to I feel like that's that. a great drug for that, at least in terms of the standing, you know, you got, that's just get your blood pumping that drug. So, I mean, Steve, I'm a little concerned. I get your friend knows a lot about meth no multiple friends and relatives <laughs> yeah i mean i could probably if i looked into my like contact list i could probably find a couple of meth heads you know no oh, offense yeah. to anybody out there but dude i love ohio but what else is there to do besides do drugs oh there's nothing to do i guess i'll just freebase yeah. Oh, this alcohol is not working anymore. I'm, I'll drink myself to death. So got to move to meth. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is for my but health. My doctor said I had to stop drinking, so I have to start doing meth. So I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm in Ohio. I got some. I got to do things. So it's either pills, meth, or alcohol. Can I have an omelet and a case of Pabst Blue Ribbon? <laughs> Kegs and eggs, guys. Kegs and eggs. <laughs> Literally, I'll take five kegs. God, well, you know, I don't think Homer's on that meth, but he's definitely drinking some Duff beer. So maybe that is what's happening. He just lucked into a good job. But Marge is really leaning into this genius shit. And I mean, the, the price tag on all these extravagances has got to be pretty astronomical. So I hope Homer is making that big money because... I mean, a night, at, a night at the opera cost us like 200 and some bucks. And that was two adults. I don't like what I don't know what they do for kids, but man, I'd be pissed. And, and all of this is bringing pressure on the Bart. And he's having an internal dialogue like, man, if I keep this up, like they're going to catch on to me. So I got to spill the beans. And eventually he does. He opens up the Homer. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to keep it all the way real with you bro so about that shit about me being a genius man i kind of sort of like cheated and he was expecting some warm empathy from his dad but instead uh homer is angry and he chases bart around the house and that kind of sets the dynamic of what's to come for 30 plus years 
I mean, it also, uh, something that I just thought was a great dramatic part of this episode is before he spills his heart to Homer, which he has to because <clears throat> he ha- goes to the school and like you said, it's eating him alive. There's all mm-hmm. these like questions. He's always being like called upon in class and he looks like an idiot. And it's eating him up. He knows he cheated. He feels guilty. His dad's actually loving him because, you know, it seems like maybe his parents feel guilty. They weren't nurturing this genius and they thought he was just a bad kid. And now they think he's a genius. So this is all like wearing on him. And his, yeah. he tries to like spin it and lie his way out. So what he tries to do is say he wants to do an experiment where he wants to play a dumb kid in a regular school and study what it's like to be dumb. And he tries to spin that in a paper, like in some sort of a, I guess like proposal to this Ivy League school. But instead of the proposal, he realizes I just gotta confess. So he turns it from a proposal to a confession and confesses that he cheated, the teacher reads it, and then it cuts to him at home. So obviously he just has to, he, he's gonna have to say something cause he won't be able to go back to the school. So I just feel like the heartfelt moment, everything, uh, it was hilarious, especially when it goes to what happens right after that, which is the just straight up ass whooping that Homer tries to unleash in Bart. And I forgot about this part of the Simpsons where Homer whooping that ass was like a, basically one of the biggest jokes in the show. Like eventually he like was running like strangling Bart or like beat yeah. him or, you know, whatever. So I wonder if that's still the case. Cause that's not, you know, a lot of people don't like that anymore, but I just found it interesting. Like all these tender moments, all this, like, I love you, dad. And then the second later he's chasing him up the stairs <laughs> to whoop his ass. So now it's uh, go to your room and think about what you did, you know. If that, like, now it's like, you know what? I understand and I appreciate you. Let's get you back into that elementary school, buddy. It's not. Fuck that shit. Boy! I mean, he was going to whoop that ass. So, I mean, what do you think happens if Homer gets a, like, it gets a hold of a turpentine-covered uh bart simpson also quick note what chemicals did he have on his body that stained him green like that because i feel like wouldn't that i was going to ask you isn't that like dangerous yeah well he was running around in the house with it so that was a lot of housework for for marge to clean up and then giving a kid a bath in straight up turpentine i just i don't know if that's safe but me as like somebody who's not a parent if you ask me to put a kid in turpentine i'd probably at least have to look up some facts just to make sure i'm not like fucking this kid up in some way so i don't know some questionable parenting a lot of weird um father-son bonding slash lies being told here, which is very interesting. And I think it connects to the other episode that we're going to talk about today. But just overall, I got to say, The Simpsons, my takeaway from watching this episode is that from the first real episode of this show 
throughout my fandom of it, which ended a long time ago. I'm not a regular watcher of The Simpsons anymore. Um, yeah. This show has continued, like they figured it out. So obviously whoever the, Matt Groening and the creators, some sort of next level genius writers to where they wrote something that was this malleable and this funny yeah. that so many people would just continue watching it for like four decades. Agreed. It's so crazy. Agreed, man. 